Welcome to Zion Church. My name is MJ and my husband and I have the honor and privilege of pastoring this incredible community. Thank you for joining us today. Um, whether you're here for the first time or you're part of our church family, we are so glad that you are here with us. At the end of this message, we're going to share some next steps that you can take. Now, we're going to go ahead and get started and share today's message, and it's titled Divine Detours. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day that you've given us. Lord, we pray for today's message. May it touch our hearts. May it speak to us, Lord. I pray um, that you give me clarity and um, just be able to share this, Lord, with everybody that is listening today. And we pray all this in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and get started, and we're going to go ahead and read Acts 9, 1 through 17, but we're going to go ahead and read 1 through 7 first. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there, who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. 
Now, if you've driven around Southern California, you have had experience with detours. We all hate detours, especially when we're in a hurry. Perhaps it was a Monday morning on the way to work. You're already late and then you realize that they closed the street that you normally take or a train decides to cross and stops for 10 minutes. I hate being late for things, especially to work. It seems almost on purpose every time that I'm late for something, there's detours. But in life, or more specifically today, as believers, we know that detours are part of the package of life. We cannot say that we are Christians and not expect detours. And something that I've been guilty of is that it's easy to see detours as something negative. But today, I want to present a new concept to you, and that is, most of the time, detours are divine. They come from God. And many times it is because God is trying to tell us or show us something. And I want to share with you three things we can see and learn in this story about divine detours. The first thing is that divine detours interrupt human work to make room for sacred work. Verse 1 through 9 says, Saul was so convinced that he was doing the will of God. The Bible tells us that Saul was breathing out murderous threats. There was a passion, a conviction in him. Sometimes we forget the context here. Christians were not accepted at this time. The Jews looked at the Christians as apostates. So with this context, let me ask you this morning. Do you remember a moment in your life where you were convinced that it was God only to realize later that it was just you? Sadly, I can remember times in my life like this. There are times as believers that we are so convinced that we are fighting for God. Let's not, let's not let our ego get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Many times what we are doing has the appearance of pure sacred works, but it's not producing spiritual fruit. And in the end, Jesus said that by our fruits, we would be known. God loves us so much that just like Saul, he divinely detours us to show us his true purpose. Something that got me thinking while reading this story is that as Christians, we all have a tendency to easily connect with the heroes of the Bible, but not the villains. We all connect with the character of Paul, but struggle to connect with the character of Saul. I'm convinced that most times God needs to deal with the Saul inside of me more than I care to admit. And God does it to interrupt our human work to make room for sacred work. The second thing we see in this story is that the divine detours position us with people needed to advance the kingdom of God. Let's continue with the story in verse 10 through 15. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil 
he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Verses 10 through 14 take us to another scene in the story and introduce us to the disciple Ananias. Saul was not in Ananias' plans. I'm sure Ananias didn't wake up that morning saying, Today I'm going to run into someone who has been trying to kill us and God is going to use me to convert and heal him. <laughs> but the Bible tells us that God speaks to Ananias and Ananias responds with, Here I am. Something I want you to notice is that he didn't use that phrase, Here I am, to simply say, Present or here. He used that phrase to communicate at your service or I'm ready. This encourages me because it lets me know that when we are close to God, we're always in a position for a here I am and at your service ready moment. As believers of Jesus, we should always be ready for a divine detour. What makes me laugh is that Ananias with all that still questioning God, God tells him he has to do it. And Ananias says, hey, Lord, are you sure? This man wants to kill us. This man does not play. But God persisted. How beautiful to know that even when we question God, God persists. I don't know who you have been questioning, but I want to let you know that today that God is persisting. Invite that person to dinner and start up a spiritual conversation. Open that business. Respond to that job offer. Make that move. If you've been waiting for a sign, this is the sign. There are people we would have never met were it not for a divine detour. Many of us are a result and a testament of someone's divine detour. There are people that God is inviting to be a part of what he's doing here at Zion. We, we have to give way to God's divine detours. The last thing I want us to see in this story is that the detour is the destination. Verse 15 says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. We all know how the story ends. Saul becomes Paul, and Paul's letters make up two-thirds of the New Testament. In all this because there was a detour, a divine detour. Perhaps you are in a season where you feel lost. You feel that there's no direction. You have lost vision. But I want to give you another perspective. What if what you are doing today is exactly what you need to be doing? Could it be that where you are today is exactly where you need to be? Could it be that the people who are in your life, those who give you headaches, or could it be that they are the people that God wants you to develop or even develop you? I want to encourage you. Perhaps what we are doing today is preparing us for what is to come. I don't know how you feel today. Perhaps you are here full of strength. Glory to God. But maybe you're here and you see no way out this season. I came from God to tell you that God has not finished the story. Do not mistake a chapter of your story with the whole book. God is with you. God is leading you astray so that he can reveal himself in a different way. Let's pray. 
Lord, thank you for divine detours. This morning we are reminded that perhaps a divine a detour is exactly where we need to be. God, we thank you for this timely message right now, Lord, for speaking into our hearts. We pray, Lord, that in the middle of detours, Lord, we can listen to you, we can hear your word, and we can um, do what you are asking us to do, Lord, that we can say, I am here, I am ready. Lord, thank you for this message. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God is constantly inviting you and I to take next steps in our Christian journey. Maybe as you were listening to today's message or as I was praying for you, the Holy Spirit pressed on you to take a specific step. I want to help you by offering you three possible next steps. For some of you, it's to join our Zion team and serve on Sundays. As believers, we are part of the body of Christ and we need you to move the church forward. For others, God is calling you to take your next step in becoming a financial supporter. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you feel like God is calling you to take one of these steps, would you do this for me? Go to zionchurch.live next for more information on your next steps. Now, before I say goodbye, I believe there are those of you who recognize you've been far away from God. You recognize that you do not have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to give someone who has never given their life to Jesus to do it today. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you don't follow him. And there's something inside of you right now that is nudging you. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. God wants to use your story, your life right now to make a difference. And it all starts by asking Jesus to come into your life. If that's you and you're saying, yes, I need his grace, would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Forgive all my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can follow you. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it for today. I pray that you have a great rest of your week. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and let's keep creating spaces for God to dwell.